You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello there, welcome back to the OTI Podcast. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and it is me who brings you the show here each and every week and we're going to be talking about all things NFL week 9 looking ahead to the rest of the season and to do that I'm going to be joined in just a little moment by Eric Moody of Rotoviz he's part of the team at Fantasy Pros as well as Gridiron Experts and he's just somebody who I I really enjoy talking uh, football with and I'm looking forward to getting him on in just a couple of moments to uh, run through kind of last week's action this week's action and then the uh, rest of season outlook for a lot of these players so it's going to be a fun show coming up in just a little moment as always starting off the show i like to thank you for uh, tuning in hopefully you're a long-time listener if you're a new listener please do hit that subscribe button come back and listen each and every week as we have a, a great lineup of guests on a weekly basis and it's always a fun time here talking all things nfl on oti so with that said, uh, it checks out on iTunes or Stitcher or TuneIn, whatever you like to listen to it on, whether it's your own personal favourite podcast app, do uh, go there, search for OTI or Overtime Ireland and uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can find all the ways to listen to the podcast on OvertimeIreland.com forward slash podcast. And while you're on the site as well, do check out the recommended page. It has all our different affiliates up there that you can go and uh, maybe save a little bit of money if you're using the NFL Europe link or obviously you can help us out by using the Amazon banner ads up there as well. Lots of different banner ads, lots of different free trials. Go and check out all those at OvertimeIreland.com. And I mentioned the NFL Europe discount. That is for Europe.NFLShop.com. And you can enjoy 10% off their entire store with... uh, Simply, we used to have a code here. Now it is a link. There's a link on the homepage on the right-hand side of OvertimeIreland.com. You can check out the recommended page with all those affiliates. There's a link there as well. And there's pretty much uh, links retweeted out on a daily basis on at OvertimeIreland on Twitter. So do check that out and uh, save yourself 10%. This week we had a competition. It was off an item provided by Europe.NFLShop. It was a Green Bay Packers hat and the competition winner that I'm delighted to announce. It's been a tough week for us Packers fans and I know there was a lot of Packers fans entered into this. It's been a tough a week I said. It's been a tough season especially since Aaron Rodgers went down injured but the winner of the competition is Mike and his Twitter handle is at DMREES2011 so it's a, it's, a, it's quite a mouthful of a Twitter handle there Mike but uh, you are the winner of this week's competition, I'll have another competition coming up this weekend. We're going to be giving away a Saints hat this week, so do check that out. But again, that uh, 10% off is through the link on OvertimeIreland.com, and it is for 10% all off all orders at Europe.NFLShop.com. They'll hook you up for any NFL merchandise that you need, and uh, do check them out. A fantastic range available on the website, and again, 10% off makes it all the more fun. We've had lots of tweets over the last couple of weeks of people buying stuff uh, and showing it off, uh, thanking us for saving that 10%. So... Recording this one on Wednesday and over the last 24 hours, the big news as well, I guess you'll have seen it if you're on Twitter, and that is that Twitter uh, accounts now have 280 characters. Uh, we've seen people tweeting out that that is the death of Twitter, that is the end of it. There's other people uh, saying that it doesn't really matter and we'll all get past it. I fall into the second category, but it does look like uh, some people are really taking advantage of the 280 characters. I think we should all just try and uh, use the characters we need. We don't need to use all 280. I know when there was 140, it was hard to squeeze certain opinions in. Let's just keep them, uh, maybe let's go for 165, will we say 165 characters, uh, even 200 characters. Let's not try and use all 280 as we flood our timelines with uh, words and uh, let's see what happens. Uh, We'll have a review on this maybe next week as to how the Twitter 280 is going. Um, 
Another thing I want to mention is that um, this week I'm hoping to have a, a DraftKings uh, competition set up, a DraftKings league for all the listeners of the podcast. So stay tuned to the, the Twitter feed for that. I will be tweeting it out. Maybe we can have some fun this week as we go head-to-head uh, for a little bit of cash on DraftKings. They have recently set up in Ireland, and uh, I'll be uh, hopefully having a little bit of an affiliate link with them as we move forward for the rest of the season. So do stay tuned. Don't have the official details of it as we record this one, but hopefully when uh, it gets a little bit closer to the weekend, there'll be details up there on the twitter feed at overtime ireland uh, and do get involved it should uh, it should be a lot of fun i've been loving uh, using DraftKings over the last couple of weeks i've had last week i had a, a nice sweat going at halftime uh, i was waiting on tyreek hill and alex smith and they obviously had that uh, touchdown just prior to halftime but nothing really happened in the second half and then des got injured he was another player des bryant that i had in my lineup and uh, things really did uh, just uh, slow down quite considerably so it was going very very nicely slowed down a lot still ended up making a little bit of money but not as much as uh, I was anticipating at the halftime uh, halftime line in that game so do check that out on the, the Twitter feed as I mentioned and uh, I guess with that we'll uh, we'll get uh, my guest on today's show and I'm delighted to be joined now on the show by Eric Moody a lot of uh, the listeners obviously will know him on Twitter at Eric N Moody but he is a, a contributor to uh, the team over there at Rotoviz where I'm part of as well and it's, uh, he's one of the, the great contributors over there he's part of the team as well at Gridiron Experts as well as uh, Fantasy Pros and there's not many people playing fantasy football that haven't uh, on a weekly basis gone over there and looked at the content on Fantasy Pros so it's, uh, it's a great pleasure to have you jumping aboard the show Eric. Oh man, I'm I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you uh, reaching out, and we're able to coordinate calendars to uh, make this happen. So uh, obviously, we're uh, getting and now heading to week ten and uh, week nine. Obviously, in the books, we're going to kind of look back a little bit at week nine, look ahead, then kind of rest of season, what our thoughts are overall. But I guess I'll uh, start off. Did uh, your week nine go uh, good for you? Bad for you? How did uh, week nine treat you in the NFL? I would say overall, like week nine, you know, with my uh, fantasy teams out there, went uh, very, very well. I was pleasantly surprised with uh, Alshon Jeffrey's uh, performance. Much needed points in a uh, very rough bye week. He uh, He's somebody who I've been a, a long-time admirer of. I have him on a lot of my dynasty teams. Have him in a, well, actually, this year, I was about to say I have him in a lot of redraft leagues. This year, I only did uh, kind of best ball leagues in the offseason outside of my dynasty commitments. But uh, this week, I, I did set him in quite a few leagues. I, I just didn't like to match up with the Denver defense. So uh, that that part didn't work out too well for me. But if you, if you started him this week, it worked out very very well we'll be talking a little bit more about that in a few moments uh, i guess one of the key takeaways i don't know if you're a zero rb guy or somebody who likes to go a little uh, you know go heavy at running back in those early rounds but i tend to to be uh, more zero rb try and pick up the pieces as the later rounds progress and this season so far definitely although we did have the injury to david johnson has very much so been a year for uh, taking running backs early those who drafted them early in their uh, redraft leagues or took them uh, you know in dynasty put in the, the stock into them and uh, picked them up for whether it was draft picks or took them in their uh, startup draft it has worked out very very well for those who tend to go running back heavy yeah i'm a huge fan of the uh, zero uh, running back approach i know a couple of seasons ago i wrote a column for our rotoviz uh, just chronicling, you know, using that strategy in a FFPC league. And so it, it really works well whenever you do have that breakout, you know, running back, you know, kind of take the lead. I'll say like this year, thinking about uh, Jarek McKinnon, you know, that opportunity you know, that he had once I Dalvin Cook went down. Uh, just another guy that popped into my mind that's really been getting a lot of run lately is uh, Deion Lewis. I'm just curious to see what happens with uh, Deion Lewis and the Patriots coming out of the bye week. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and Rex Burkhead uh, got sprinkled in there in the last game as well. You have James White there, so we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, as we move forward in that situation. But uh, hopefully, as the season goes on, the the only one that I've really uh, hit on this season as a, a zero RB uh, in basketball formats and then uh, you know in DFS, and that has been uh, Chris Thompson. He's been a, a nice candidate there from that perspective. But we'll get into uh, looking back at uh, week nine, looking ahead to the rest of the season. Uh, first game up, we're going to talk about is the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. It wasn't one of the the better games to watch. Tennessee uh, started off the first three weeks of the season uh, quite good on offense, but since that, and obviously since Mariota's uh, hamstring injury against the the Texans, it's it's been a tougher watch uh, from that side of things. Uh, Delaney Walker came back from his injury. He did finish this game with 77 yards on five receptions. Richard Matthews had a nice game, four receptions, 70 yards, one touchdown. Corey Davis returned after missing over a month. He caught two passes for 28 yards, obviously not big numbers but it's very positive to see him getting back on the field uh, you know after I think it was uh, fifth uh, overall in this year's draft that the Titans took him Mariota has had a, a much much quieter uh, time than I expected I'm a big Mariota fan it just hasn't really been working out so that in total the offense just hasn't uh, been working but I guess we'll look at uh, a player that I think has been a very consistent producer since he was signed from uh, as a free agent from the Miami Dolphins and that is Richard Matthews uh, how do you think um he has uh, going to do rest of season. Is he somebody that you have a close eye on? And then the other thing I want to ask is, uh, with Delaney Walker back, with Corey Davis coming up back off his injury, do you think he's still going to get those targets that he has been seeing? He's been kind of hitting around that, you know, uh, four catches for that 70-yard mark and sometimes having the touchdown here or there added into it. He's been somebody who I've been uh, very impressed with over the last kind of 24 months. Yeah, the outlook looks, you know, very positive, you know, for Rashard Matthews moving forward, especially as Mariota, you know, continues to uh, get you know, as close to 100% health as possible. I do believe that Matthews will continue to soak up a high number of targets, you know, especially if Mariota's play improves, like in these upcoming games. Like if you look back at Mariota, you know, he's averaged like 29 pass attempts per game in seven games this season. One thing that's unique about Matthews is that he's currently leading the Titans in targets with 55 receptions, you know, with 31. A receiving yards of 463. He's also performed very well in air yards too, you know, with 660. And he's also played about 80% of the offensive snaps. He's also leading the team in yards after catch with 154. And then when you look at, you know, the weighted opportunity rating, you know, that Josh Hermsmeyer of Rotoviz has on his air yard site, you know, he's also leading the Titans wide receivers there. And basically for those that were kind of uninitiated, you know, that uh, weighted opportunity rating, you know, is a weighted combination of the share of team targets a player, you know, receives and the share of team air yards. And so Matthews has also just been very, you know, he's he's had a very high, I guess, receiving uh, fantasy points over expectation. Uh, this season, just given his workload, so I'm high on him. He's a he's a player that um, you know I mentioned I I really like and. He was somebody who, even this past offseason, you could kind of fly in under the radar in Dynasty Leagues and pick him up a bit cheaply, but I think anyone that owns him now, that uh, opportunity is gone from that perspective. Uh, looking uh, next game is the Carolina Panthers uh, and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons have had, unfortunately for them, since the Super Bowl, and even last year at times, uh, have had issues holding on to uh, fourth-quarter leads and uh, leads in general, but this one, it was a first-quarter lead that they lost. They were leading uh, 10-0 to in that first quarter, and uh, they blew that lead, and uh, the Falcons came back won this game it was a game obviously the first one since they uh, moved on from uh, Kelvin Benjamin who is now a Buffalo Bill Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey had a nice day's rushing Newton 
uh, had 137 yards and no touchdowns passing but he did have 86 yards and a touchdown on the ground so not uh, a very good day through the air for the uh, Panthers there's not a lot of air yards to talk about and, and from this <laughs> perspective but uh, McCaffrey was heavily involved as the game went on and of course uh, the reason for that as well could have been down to the fact that Jonathan Stewart did uh, have two fumbles in this one he set a career high 66 rushing yards which isn't a huge amount but he had really been struggling coming in as a rookie and running the ball and of course they traded away Benjamin they talked about trying to spread the field out a little bit more get Curtis Samuel in there get Russell Shepard in and try and work that and those guys didn't have a huge impact this week but more involved than they had been previously but I think it did help in getting the run game going and it was very positive to see Newton get those rushing yards and some of those undesigned runs but again a quarterback throwing for 130 seven yards isn't ideal and uh, it is actually amazing when you look through the box score at this one that the Carolina Panthers did come out on top so talking about the Panthers and their offense uh, rest of season what's the outlook or is there players here that you uh, are targeting you know trying to get in before the trade deadline and uh, redraft or dynasty leagues and then of course uh, in DFS is there anything you like for the rest of the season it's uh, it's uh, obviously Funches has been somebody who has been producing and he did that in this game again but uh, it's uh, it's a team that's very hard to figure out from week to week. No, no, I agree there. They are difficult to figure out. And really what the Panthers, it really comes down to three key players. You know, number one, you know, Cam Newton. Number two, Devin Funches. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Now, when you look at Cam Newton, and you kind of hinted at this earlier, you know, success or failure for him in a post-Kelvin Benjamin world from a fantasy football perspective just really comes down to his uh, rushing, you know, production. You know, he's only averaging, you know, over the last five games, you know, 35.2 passing attempts, 217 passing yards. You know, he is averaging close to 10 rushing attempts and about 50 yards per game over that time frame. Uh, but he does have a very favorable schedule. You know, the Dolphins are on deck. You know, the Jets, Saints, Pan- uh, Packers, excuse me, and uh, Buccaneers. So all of these defenses are giving up a high number of fantasy points to opposing uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. Now on to Mr. Devin Funches. You know, he's now, you know, the number one wide receiver. You know, he was seeing a consistent number of targets. You know, he's averaged 7.6 targets, 4.2 receptions, and 45.4 receiving yards per game over the last five. Now, one thing that was very interesting looking at the box score, like you mentioned, was that Funches accounted for 62.8% of Newton's passing yards. He also has a very healthy A dot or average depth of target at 11.8 yards. Now, success or failure for Funches moving forward really comes down to the target volume, and he will have that. He's a solid wide receiver, too. Like in closing, you look at Christian McCaffrey. You know, he continues to be leveraged by the Panthers coaching staff as a runner in between the tackles and also as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, he set a career high last week uh, in rushing yards of 66. You know, he continues to be heavily used as a receiver. You know, he's averaging about 8.6 targets, 6.4 receptions, and 40 receiving yards per game over his last five. And one thing that's interesting is that he's leading all running backs in air yards with 186 on the season. And he also has the second highest weighted opportunity rating amongst all running backs. So when you look at McCaffrey in closing, you know, he has an opportunity, you know, to be a high end running back, too. And I firmly believe he'll have some RB1 weeks moving forward. Yeah, I feel the same. And he's been obviously heavily involved in 
in the game plan and obviously a lot of what they're doing is going to be to, to try and make him have a, the, a bigger opportunity Newton obviously a little bit concerned uh, through the air with how he's doing but I think that'll help uh, with him targeting Funches on a more regular basis we've seen in the first couple of weeks of the season Funches has been targeted on you know a number of deep passing routes and that's not really his game so maybe we'll see uh, Samuel uh, you know be be fed into that role it's going to be interesting to see how this offense can develop I think it is going to improve as the weeks move forward here the offense that hasn't uh, it hasn't been you know it's not been as bad as we expect just basically because we're looking at the fantasy points uh, each and every week and the Falcons offense has not really been working out but they have been doing some things they have been getting players open Julio Jones this week we've seen on uh, that fourth down play that you know Matt Ryan goes deep it's uh, really just a, a pretty simple catch for Julio and uh, whether it was that he was banged up and his legs weren't just moving him as quick as he would like he, he didn't catch it in the end zone and that's something that you know you would really uh, put, put your house on if you wanted to know just if you paused it prior to attempting to catch would Julio catch this I think everyone would say he would but he, he did catch 6 of 12 targets in this uh, 188 yards uh, no touchdown but he you know he would have had over 200 yards in a touchdown if he had caught that one pass that I mentioned he looked a little bit banged up throughout it he had to go to the sideline a couple of times but I think we're starting to see Julio get back on track. Mohamed Sanu was quietly uh, impressive again. Caught three uh, three catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. So he has been getting in the end zone, which is obviously if you're looking for streamers or flex options, is a, a key part of it. Both running backs had slow days. Devontae Freeman managed just 46 yards along with 18 receiving yards, and Coleman did Adelaide touchdown, but pretty much uh, it was that touchdown and the yardage from that touchdown that uh, got him to 24 yards for the game so uh, the Falcons rest of season do you think we're going to see a positive regression uh, obviously we've seen them last year be the best offense in the league are we going to see them get somewhere close uh, you know not close to that but back to uh, somewhere near what we expect from them on a weekly basis yeah I, I do expect you know some positive regression you know for the uh, Falcons it's kind of one of those offenses where you look at well, what they did last year and you look at them this year you're kind of uh you know scratching your head you know because the offense is clearly taking a step back from the uh, statistical heights they attained uh, last year now you look at Steve Sarkeesian you're like is he to blame one thing just from watching the games you know from a uh, football perspective you know because I played offensive line uh, you know in college so I just kind of noticed these things. When you look at Kyle Shanahan, how he ran that offense last year and what they're doing this year, you know, I don't see, you know, that many, you know, pre-snap shifts, you know, not much motion. They're not really using alignments and angles to allow, you know, those players to be in the best possible position, you know, for success. You know, I use the uh, Rotovis screener to look at uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman just to kind of break down their usage and just to try to find some parallels to what they did last year and what they're doing this year. It really comes down to those players, you know, the number of touches is similar, you know, but they're obviously their touchdown rate is a lot lower. Yeah. Than what it was last year. Now, Julio is another interesting case because I'll kind of dive deeper into his numbers for where, you know, last year through 10 games, you know, he was averaging 9.7 targets a game, 6.1 receptions. Then we look at this year, he's averaging 8.5 targets per game. This is through eight games and not 10, of course. And then 5.4 receptions. The key difference is going to be in the receiving yards department. 110 yards last year, 82 this year, and obviously the touchdown rate was higher. Uh, so for Julio, you know, it would have changed, you know, his 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 fantasy day significantly if he would have caught that touchdown pass. That's really a painful highlight to watch. <laughs> you know, I've seen it a couple of times. I'm just like cringing every time that I see it, especially on Twitter. And so one thing to uh, be optimistic about with the Falcons, why I highly recommend you you target get these players you know like Coleman or Freeman you know or Julio or even Matt Ryan is that they have a very favorable schedule down the stretch 
Um, you know, Matt Ryan, Julio, you know, they should be able to get on track along with the running game. And I, I feel that that starts this week even more so against the Cowboys. But they do uh, have a, a great schedule during the fantasy playoffs for where, you know, they're going against the Saints twice and then the Buccaneers. So uh, I think we'll see a better forecast ahead. Yeah, and I also think that, uh, you know, they, they are kind of, well, Julio is never going to really have a buy-low opportunity. But with you mentioned Matt Ryan, you mentioned, uh, you know, Freeman and Coleman. I think there is opportunities there for them as the season goes on. I think we'll see them start to, to find the end zone a little bit more. So I think we're going to see a little bit of an uptick in the, in the coming weeks here for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned it's an uncomfortable highlight to watch for that Julio Jones drop pass. Uh, somebody who had some nice highlights that are quite enjoyable to to watch this past week was uh t y hilton the oh, Colts yeah. uh, won against the the houston texans and one of those was an 80 yard touchdown which was very very strange because watching it live and i had ty in uh, quite a number of D- dfs lineups and he uh, caught that pass and it looked like he got tipped and then he fell down but he got up ran to the end so there was a couple of strange touchdowns this week were on review actually that there was no contact made by the defensive player and it stood as an 80 yard touchdown so 177 or 175 yards and two score so a big day for T.Y. Hilton but really outside of him and if you're looking at Jack Doyle who had uh, eight catches for 63 yards you know you can stream him on a weekly basis as I mentioned on the last couple of shows but it's a, it's a tough uh, lineup. It's a tough uh, team to uh, have any confidence in moving forward as a, as a fantasy asset. And obviously, Andrew Luck is out for the rest of the season, placed on IR. Uh, they are expecting him to be back for the start of the 2018 season. And, you know, it was one of those all along where the the outcome of expecting him, they said first that he might miss week one. Well, obviously, that was a long, long way off. So hopefully, he's back for week one uh, just uh, one year later after they <laughs> wanted yeah. him back that first time around. So uh, when we move on then and looking at the uh, the the Texans obviously the team has changed dramatically over the last kind of eight or nine days since the injury to Deshaun Watson and uh, he's out for the year with a torn ACL it's been a really really bad year for quarterback injuries when you look through uh, all the different situations with Rodgers out as well so looking at this team uh, DeAndre Hopkins has kind of proven maybe maybe I'll get your thoughts on this in a minute is he match up or quarterback proof rather with uh, the massive volume we've seen it last year when Savage was on there he targeted Watson or targeted DeAndre Hopkins on a massive number of uh, times per game he caught six passes it was of 16 targets got 86 yards and a touchdown so he looks, in my opinion, to, uh, you know, that volume's just going to keep coming his way. Will Fuller, on the other hand, was a victim of that loss of uh, Watson. He just caught two of eight targets for 32 yards, and uh, his touchdown streak came to an end. So how how concerned are you about Fuller rest of season? And then, of course, uh, the question that I hinted at there, is uh, Hopkins quarterback proof at this point? Yeah, that uh, I think that injury caught a lot of, a lot of people off guard. I, I know once the alert hit my phone... I kind of had to pause for a second because, you know, I have a, a number of shares of uh, Watson uh, out there this season. So, OK, let's 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 break it down where we look at Nook Hopkins um, in the first half of the season. If you look at his expected points and points over expectation, you know, two great tools that you can find uh, the Rotoviz using our Rotoviz screener and other efficiency apps is that, you know, they both jump, you know, from their 2016 levels. You know, he was putting together a phenomenal season. And then, you know, after, you know, this performance uh, against the Colts, uh, Hopkins is currently like a wide receiver one in PPR formats. And the only wide receiver with more air yards than him right now is Antonio Brown. Now, you think about Tom Savage under center, obviously a downgrade from uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, It's not quite as bad for Hopkins, but it is particularly brutal for Fuller. 
Now, if you look at Will Fuller, everyone's been talking about the uh, the statistics with him. You know, seven scores on only 22 targets heading into week nine. You know, Fuller was more than doubling his expected points. Like, in fact, if you look back, his uh, receiving fantasy points over expectation was more than double the numbers Doug Baldwin posted during his ridiculous run back in 2015. Now, I am very optimistic about Hopkins, and I do own uh, several shares of him out there, and I continue to hold. I know I've gotten a lot of uh, offers you know, from others in the leagues that I'm in, but you know, I'm, holding, I'm holding tight, and here's why. Now, he produced you know, 1,521 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns back in 2015. And if you remember back during that time, he had a revolving door of quarterbacks, which included Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Hoyer, and, of course, Ryan Mallett. Now, Hopkins is talented enough to transcend poor quarterback play. You know, I still view him as a low-end wide receiver one for the rest of the season. But when you look at Will Fuller, you know, he's ultimately kind of reverted back to really being a boomer bust wide receiver three. Uh, I, I know Tom Savage does have the arm strength, you know, to deliver the ball to Fuller. Big concern that I have with him is his, is his uh, mobility. When you look at Watson, he was able to, you know, extend plays with his legs and athleticism. And ultimately to find Fuller, you know, down down the field where he can vertically attack defenses, I just don't think that's going to be there with Savage, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I feel exactly the same way. I think you really uh, hit the nail on the head. And I think a lot of the plays, uh, you know, that went for uh, Fuller touchdowns were based on, uh, you know, quarterback play action and then getting Deshaun out of the pocket and hitting him deep. So there was quite a number of those, and you're just not going to see that there with Savage. Uh, we touched on it a minute ago when we talked about Alshon Jeffrey and his big week, but uh, the Eagles absolutely demolished the Denver Broncos this week. Zach Ertz was a surprise inactive uh, not long uh, before kickoff and that one but Carson Wentz has continued to make himself look quite quite like an MVP candidate uh, for the first half of this season they put up 31 points in the first half and really just uh, poured it on and uh, had a fun day for the, the Philadelphia Eagles fans watching this one uh, he had uh, 199 passing yards four touchdowns and Alshon Jeffrey was a force unfortunately for me who uh, he was sitting on three of my dynasty <laughs> roster benches and uh, and two of those if I had played him uh, he would have uh, helped me win those matches so never easy but he, he did get 11 targets he had six uh, catches 84 yards two touchdowns really really nice day for him Corey Clement had a, a surprise day he saw the most carries in this one finished with three touchdowns I don't think we're going to see that every week then of course uh, the the newly acquired JGIA over from the Dolphins uh, had a, a nice touchdown run in this game a 46 yard one in fact uh, and played on uh, he got eight carries in this one so uh, we'll see a kind of revolving door from that there situation but uh, the one I want to talk to you about is uh, Alshon Jeffrey of course you, you touched on it earlier but do you think this is the start of uh, him and Wentz starting to get that chemistry? We've seen week one through kind of week five, some uh, deep passes that just didn't work out, uh, just maybe a yard or two of, uh, you know, missed timing, and uh, maybe it's starting to click for them now as they enter the mid-stage of the uh, the season. No, I agree 100% because the the hurdles or obstacles that Jeffrey faced early in the season was just a, a number of the uh, opposing cornerbacks he was matched up with. He had a number of touch. The tough matchups and yeah, so as a tough. result you know Nelson Aguilar you know really took advantage of that and then put up some monster production but what was interesting when you look at that weighted opportunity rating you know heading into this week you know Jeffrey's rating was double that of Nelson Aguilar so what that told me was that you know he's ultimately going to go boom sooner rather than later and so those who did buy low on Jeffrey you know have been rewarded over these past two weeks 
Also, the question that I had was, did the Eagles reveal the blueprint on how to attack the Broncos' highly touted defense? So, you know, Jeffrey, you know, came through for those owners who stayed the course and kept deploying him into starting lineups. When you look at air yards, you know, the only other wide receivers with more air yards this season, uh, you know, than Jeffrey, you know, is really Antonio Browns and, and Nook Hopkins. So, I think Jeffrey, you know, going into the bye, you know, really good back-to-back games there. He's firmly on the wide receiver two radar. Now, I do envision that chemistry with him and quarterback Carson Wentz continuing to develop coming out of the bye. So you can ultimately rev- view him as a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside, in my opinion. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna hit on a few uh, kind of rapid fire ones now as we move through uh, the rest of the show we have uh, the Denver Broncos they're pretty much uh, struggling really really badly over the last month they obviously changed their quarterback it was Brock Osweiler uh, and he really uh, had another uh, day like we've kind of come to know <laughs> oh, with Brock yeah. Osweiler yeah we, we didn't really expect much and we definitely didn't get much uh, Demarius Thomas got a little bit he got eight catches 70 yards and one touchdown it was his first touchdown in 16 games which you know coming from Demarius Thomas when he was playing with Peyton Manning uh, four or five years ago that is just uh, an incredible that uh, so with this uh, Denver offense is it pretty much uh, just untrustable and unusual at this moment in time I would say to a high degree the, the answer to that would be would be yes you know they do need some consistent quarterback play in order to get the running game going and it's not good if you're a CJ Anderson owner for where he played 23 snaps Devontae Booker played 22 and Jamal Charles played 19 that's not the type of distribution that you're ultimately looking for the only player that I do trust from the Broncos is Demarius Thomas. The one silver lining is that he was heavily targeted with Brock Osweiler under center. He ended up having 12 targets. So ultimately, you know, I still view him as a high-end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. And I do remain optimistic that he can rehabilitate his value even more, especially if we see Paxton Lynch under center. So again, you know, if you're out there just trying to buy low on players before the uh, deadline, uh, considering the Broncos schedule, you know, I would target Demarius Thomas. Should be dirt cheap right now. And uh, looking looking at another team, we're talking about two offenses here that aren't very uh, trustable at the moment. The other one is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I haven't been trusting them uh, pretty much since about week four of the season. I, I just find they're always looking. It's boomer bust. We're going for that deep pass. We're going for the big play. We're not just going to take our five yards and progress down the field. It's just all or nothing with Jameis Winston. That's causing him to take those big hits. I see a lot of similarities between what's happening to him and what happened to Andrew Luck with the Indianapolis Colts. He's just getting absolutely uh, traumatized behind the offensive line. Obviously, was taken out of this game, whether it was for injury, whether it was for his play and he's going to be sitting now for the next couple of weeks uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick will be playing uh, for the Buccaneers this coming week uh, Mike Evans had just one catch for 13 yards so obviously that's not going to do much for him uh, Deshaun Watson led the team in receiving and uh, it just wasn't a day to, to be bragging about leading the team in receiving 25 yards going his way so it's it's been a, a tough season for the uh, Buccaneers you know we had a lot of people had uh, high hopes for them after that hard knocks buzz uh, in the off season. but with that uh, is, are they a bit like the Broncos and very uh, un- unusable at the moment or untrustable? No, I would agree that they are uh, unusable. And it really comes down to uh, quarterback play. But you, you, you kind of think back to where we were at heading into the season, a season with the Buccaneers for where, you know, they had like improved talent on defense. You know, they appear to have what would be a, a balanced offense. You know, they added a Sean Jackson, got O.J. Howard. We have the quote-unquote rejuvenated Doug Martin returning from suspension. We did have, you know, the first couple of games back weren't bad at all, but they really just got out the gate, you know, to a bad start. But when you look at it from a football perspective, it, it really just comes down to, you know, they've suffered a lot of injuries on defense. 
but also the offense has been very inconsistent. You know, they're turning the ball over. They're just not hitting on enough explosive plays. And I know t- not turning the ball over and explosive plays in general are are really the foundation of a dirt cutter offense. But I do have some concerns, things I've read on Twitter, other articles that he's lost, you know, the locker room in a way. And so he could be one of those candidates that could end up being replaced. The only player I really trust in this offense right now is is Mike Evans. You know, he's just too talented to stay down. And it's unfortunate that he's suspended because with this matchup, Ron Fitzpatrick under center, he really could have uh, rewarded our fantasy owners in this matchup. But we ultimately have to wait another week because he was a knucklehead. Just yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, he was a knucklehead. And uh, when we when we look at it, uh, that could have been the possibility of Fitzpatrick coming in and just really peppering him with targets. So uh, it is one we have to to wait another week and see what see, sees it or what we see there. The other one is uh, Kareem Hunt. I want to get your thoughts on him. He was held to under ten carries for the second time in four games. It's uh, really unclear, you know, the game planning situation. Uh, you know, Hunt had uh, six targets at halftime, and you know, you'd think after the after the break they would really try and get him involved. He has been better in the second half of the game this season but uh, he only had four carries in that second half so uh, it was pretty strange from that perspective uh, the other note on this game is uh, the the kind of Hail Mary check down pass by Alex Smith to uh, Tyreek Hill was one of the most impressive uh, blocking kind of slash screenplay slash play designs on a kind of Hail Mary design play that I, I've seen in quite some time was really impressed by how they managed to pull that one off but Hunt uh, are you concerned rest of season with how he's been used at this point in time? Yeah, and that, that's, a, that's a really great question, like with Kareem uh, Hunt. And, and, and I am not overly concerned. Like when you look at some of the uh, football outsiders' efficiency uh, metrics, you know, like, uh, you know, defensive, uh, excuse me, defense-adjusted uh, value over average. And then the other one that they have, you know, defense-adjusted yards above replacement. You know, he ranks, you know, in the top five or top, th- uh, yeah, top five, I would say, for uh, for both of those metrics. If my memory serves me right, I believe he's ranked at number three in both of them. If you look at the data from week nine, I think the big the big thing with Hunt that needs to get figured out is ultimately the number of snaps that he's playing. I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, we've all seen that the offense is more effective. It's a lot more explosive with him in the lineup. But I think it's really unacceptable when you have a running back with this type of talent who's demonstrated the things that he that he has, you know, in his rookie season to only play 54 percent of the snaps against the Cowboys. And so that that ultimately has to change. I think once they get that figured out, we'll see the hunt that we saw earlier in the season. But he's, he's obviously still in the lead running back one, in my opinion. And uh, you mentioned earlier with Antonio Brown and him leading the league in air yards. I have an interesting stat here regarding him, and that's that he didn't obviously play this past week. They had a bye week, but he still leads the NFL with 133 more receiving yards than anyone else in football. So that just shows how good he has been, and it's incredible how consistent he has been uh, pretty much over the last uh, five years. It's been very, very much impressive. The Oakland Raiders uh, picked up a win against the Miami Dolphins this past week. Marshawn Lynch returned from his suspension. There's been a lot of uh, knuckleheaded decisions over the last couple of weeks so we've seen this week tell Car- me about it. <laughs> Carlos Hyde uh, getting himself kicked out uh, quite late in that 49ers game and we also seen AJ Green I suppose we'll touch on that too AJ Green and uh, 
uh, Jalen Ramsey get ejected. I think Ramsey was probably hard done by on that occasion, but uh, G- AJ Green just uh, taking uh, taking it into a, a complete wrestling match from uh, that perspective. But both of them escape uh, for their punishment this week after getting ejected during the week. But Marshall Lynch was ejected a, a couple of weeks back, and he, he was back on uh, two touchdowns and fifty seven yards, his best game of the season. But uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about the wide receivers: Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper, both of them with under sixty yards in this one. Uh, Jared Cook, who was somebody uh, I did the Raiders uh, wrote of his. Uh, 32 series podcast uh, previewing their se- se- uh, pre- previewing their season uh, just prior to the season starting and uh, the beat writer I had on uh, talked about the possibility of Cook getting uh, over 100 targets or 100 catches this season and at the minute he's uh, going quite uh, quite well towards that he had 8 catches this past week for 126 yards so he's been a major part of this offense over the last 2 or 3 games uh, so with the Raiders obviously the, the concerns around the wide receivers uh, Jared Cook's looking good but out of those if you could only pick one to own rest of season uh, which would you be going with? Ooh, that's a great question. My, uh, my initial thought was uh, it was Michael Crabtree, for where if you've got uh, you know Jared Cook going you know going boom you know if Amari Cooper had that big game you know which I'm sure helped win you know matchups for nearly everyone that started him. You know you've got kind of the odd man out being uh, Michael Crabtree, you know who's always been very consistent, really good rapport with uh, with Derek Carr. So that's a, that's another player that you may be able to pick up underneath the radar if you're trying to make some moves. Uh, before your uh, league's uh, trade deadline. So to answer your question, Crabtree would be my guy. Yeah, and we uh, we also uh, mentioned there about Hyde getting ejected from uh, the 49ers game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals did win that one 20-10. Adrian Peterson set a new career high uh, in rushing attempts with 37 carries for uh, 159 yards in that one. So it's pretty amazing with all Adrian Peterson has done throughout his career, those Vikings teams, and just pretty much uh, running the majority of all those games to, to have 37 carries at this stage of his career. And uh, to be his uh, career high is uh, quite impressive. Uh, and I, I'm sure that he was walking around rather gingerly all week uh, that is uh, that is uh, a serious toll to put on any human body and uh, we'll see how he suits up this coming week and uh, I guess when I mentioned AJ Green he got ejected uh, the Cincinnati Bengals just that game did not suit up to be uh, a good matchup for them and the Bengals have really struggled on offense this season the Jaguars uh, did kind of have a shock this week and that was that they uh, didn't play Leonard Fournette he was an inactive due to violating team rules I guess we can put that one down to a rookie mistake and the last one I want to touch about we talked about a possible MVP candidate earlier when we talked about Jared Goff uh, obviously the other quarterback taken last year in the draft or sorry earlier we talked about Carson Wentz the other quarterback was Jared Goff uh, in last year's draft and he has had a, an absolutely amazing progression from his rookie season to uh, this season I, I know when we look back to last off season, we were all kind of chuckling there was a lot of people had uh, really and truly written Jared Goff off uh, you know after a couple of games last year have you been I guess you have to have been, but how impressed have you been with that uh, improvement that he has had since his rookie year? Yeah, and uh, it, it's been a phenomenal transformation. And yeah, I do have a, uh, I wouldn't call it a, a hot sports opinion on this, but I do feel very strongly about this. We, you know, we discount players, you know, so often and they're constantly looking through the rearview mirror um, about, okay, here's what they did last year. Oh, this guy's terrible. You know, he's trash, but. Really, an NFL rookie having a full NFL offseason to digest everything as a professional in prep for his next season. And, you know, with, with having that year of development, new coaching staff, you know, new regime, new energy level, new vibe, a uh, new system, you know, he's really delivered the goods because, you know, he finished, you know, the game with a QBR of uh, 147, which was the highest QBR 
of uh, of last week, and he did average you know 14 yards per pass attempt. Now, if you look at the fantasy points, he's currently the QB 12, and those who have invested in him are reaping the benefits. And he was someone I particularly targeted in two quarterback or super flex leagues. Is my QB three. And obviously those teams are doing very well with being able to plug him uh, in there. And so it's just another great example of how that full NFL offseason can ultimately make a, make a difference. And so what I do like is that, you know, Goff faces this week a Texans defense that can really be violated through the air. The only other defenses that are allowing more fantasy points per game to QBs are the 49ers, Giants, and Patriots. So, you know, he, he, he is in a prime position to deliver another QB one week in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and he's going to be in a lot of my lineups this week in DFS. And when you're looking at it, you know the Jacoby Brissett parts them last week. We mentioned that uh, T.Y. Hilton big game, so a big week I think coming this week for Jared Goff. And you mentioned as well the uh, you know the 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 air yards that he's putting up it's just um, incredible with the the touchdowns that's been put up Robert Woods this uh, week had a you know a big touchdown Sammy Watkins had a at one touchdown was a 67 yard touchdown and uh, Gerald Everett had a 44 yard catch so there's there's just big plays explosive plays happening uh, time and time again and uh, that's just uh, very very impressive uh, a great job as well by Sean McVeigh and I suppose when we're on it we'll talk about the previous head coach that was Jeff Fisher and uh, the Rams have now uh, already scored more points than they did and the entire of last season so uh, that that's pretty impressive at the kind of halfway point to have uh, already outbeat that total so great work there by the Rams really turning things around and really have a, a good chance in that division but that's going to take us uh, to the end uh, of today's show uh, Eric it's been an absolute pleasure having you on you mentioned all the stuff uh, you kind of plugged all the rotavis apps but I guess before we finish up have you anything else uh, that you want to give a plug for obviously the listeners can follow you on twitter at eric n moody but uh, i'll let you have the floor now if you have uh, anything else maybe an article coming out this week or anything else going on no but you know first of all yeah i just want to you know thank you for the work you know that you've done you know it's partnering with our rotavis and also inviting me uh you know on, on this episode you know i'm always happy to contribute and, and to talk uh, football so just wanted to thank you and give you kudos you know for that but um just for the columns, you know, that I'm writing, you know, I, I end up writing the uh, the Target Watch column at Rotoviz, just breaking down, you know, the, all the wide receiver targets and trends, you know, for the week. You know, at Fantasy Pros, you know, I'm doing the uh, by the numbers column, and then at Gridiron Experts, you know, periodically I'll have what's called the Fantasy Frontline, where it'll be a, a certain topic, you know, that I'll break down and provide some insight on. But also at Rotoviz too, I'll just I'll write various articles, you know, throughout the week. Like I filled in for, uh, you know, for for, uh, for Charlie this week with the uh, waiver ride column, so I was able to kind of help out with that. But that's all that I really have to plug. I will tell you, you know, if you're not following me on Twitter, I encourage you to do so. You know, my motto is no starter sit question left unanswered, so I get to each and every single question. Yeah, and uh, I, I've seen that in your Twitter bio, and it's something that I've started pretty much since week one this season. It's something I didn't really do in seasons past, but uh, even if they're not starter set questions, I just enjoy on a, on a Sunday getting uh, the interaction going on, on the Twitter feed, and it's always fun. So uh, make sure you're following Eric on Twitter at Eric N Moody. A lot of good stuff going on there, and uh, you know we're giving out uh, kudos. I guess I'll say uh, kudos to you, Eric, because uh, we ran through a lot of games there, and uh, we really uh, had a lot of topics. So hopefully it was one that the listeners did enjoy. So you can check us out. Uh, obviously make sure you subscribe to us on itunes or stitcher whoever you listen to the show and of course i'll be back uh, next week the next two shows we've got coming up are uh, adam rank and we also have bob harris uh, coming up in the next two shows i can't remember which order but <laughs> tune in next week or stay tuned to that at overtime ireland twitter feed and you'll find exactly what we've got going on so enjoy uh, week 10 and until i'm back next week have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast 
please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.